Well, today we're looking at Exodus chapter 14. And I was thinking about it in the context of how that when things are not what they appear to be. <laughs> when things are not what they appear to be. And um, I don't know if I... This is another title I gave Terry. Life is not always like it appears to be, you know. So life isn't the way it seems. And we are challenged by that in our faith, and we're challenged by that in, the, in our experiences. But we are also responsible to make our decisions and to follow God. In Exodus chapter 14, we have the, the, the Red Sea crossing with Moses and with the children of Israel. But one of the things I, I want to point out is in chapter 13, verse 21, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. So what we have in this setting up this, this chapter here is the children of Israel have ten plagues have come upon the Egyptians, and the Egyptians uh, have said, get out of town, and, and uh, the children of Israel leave Egypt. They leave the, um, the captive city that they are in, and they, they walk out into the, the desert, out into the, towards their promised inheritance. Well, while they're walking and while they're out of town, out, kind of, you know, going out of Egypt, the pillar of fire follows them at night, you say, well, that's, that's pretty good. Well, in the desert, what's one of the characteristics of the desert? Is that at night, it's very cold. So the pillar of fire was their warmth. And cloud by day, cover them and shadow them from the hot sun. So as the cloud moved, they moved. As the pillar of fire moved, they moved. And so we have this divine leading of the children of Israel, and it takes them out and leading them towards this uh, encounter here in, verse, in chapter 14. Now, the Lord spoke unto Moses, verse, chapter 14, verse 1. The Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Phi-Hathoth, uh, between Magog and the sea, between Bela-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. So, a couple of things. They've left Egypt, but Pharaoh hasn't left Israel, hasn't left them. He still knows where they're going. He still knows what they're doing. And perhaps he is, well, we know that he's going to come after them, but perhaps he's looking forward to this battle of going out there, and it won't be a battle because these are slaves and they have no skills at war. And so he's going to go out and he's going to eliminate all the troublemakers. <laughs> he's going to go out and he's going to do battle with them and kill all the troublemakers. So Pharaoh pays attention to where they're going and what's going on. And we find that in, in, in the Bible giving to us these spe specific locations. And he says that it seems like they've, got, they've lost themselves in the wilderness. Okay? Because they are between mountains, a sea, and they don't have, they have one exit. And Pharaoh sees that he can seal them off and he can, he can go in there and take them, destroy them. So, and uh, they are bewildered in the land. The wilderness has closed them in. They're lost in the wilderness. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army. So 
sometimes we reread that and say, okay, God's the one who hardened Pharaoh's heart. Well, in reality, we have, Pharaoh sees this as a challenge between two gods, him and the God of Abraham and the God of Moses. You know, Pharaoh considered himself a god. He considered himself equal to God. Uh, you know, the, the God of the heavens, Ra, the sun god. And, you know, all the Egyptian gods, they were kind of like um, manifest in, this, in his position and in he himself. So he has found out in each of the plagues <laughs> that he, he didn't have the power to end the plagues. He had to eventually give in and allow Moses to lead to leave Israel, uh, to leave Egypt. So in that situation, we have him going, but Pharaoh, even though his firstborn son has died, he thinks that perhaps if he can get the Egyptians to go out and face the children of Israel in the desert, he will have, a, it'll have a different outcome. That perhaps the God of the Israelites only works in, in Egypt. And whenever he gets out of Egypt, into the desert, maybe he doesn't work out there. Because we have other situations in, uh, in the history of Israel where the people who were fighting them says, well, their God is only a God of the mountains. Because when you fight him in the mountains, their God is with them and they win. So we've got to get the Israelites to fight us in the valley. And when they fight us in the valley, we'll win because their God is a God only of the mountains. <laughs> They found out that he was the god of the mountains and the valleys. So. so Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Whenever we think of this, um, it's like Pharaoh thinking of himself as a god, and he didn't want to be defeated. And he didn't want to hear about Moses and his god. So for 400 years, the, the Israel has been captive by the Egyptians. So Pharaoh doesn't want to go down in history as being the individual who let the captives go. So um, his heart is set on bringing them back. And what a way to bring them back. They are trapped. <laughs> They're trapped. Their God is not too smart. <laughs> Moses, not too smart. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh, and God is telling Moses this, I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. So what happens is, God tells Moses, you're going to have the victory. Okay, the battle isn't there yet. <laughs> they don't know, you know, Moses, you know, it isn't, you know, God is telling Moses, Pharaoh has a, he's going to, he's going to come after you. And Moses is told by God, they're going to lose. All right. In our life, the challenges that come to us, we have to under, have an understanding of our faith, and our faith is that God is with us, and we have to listen. And even whenever we go into the place that seems like a natural disaster and a natural trap, we need to hear from God and to establish our faith that he has a different outcome in mind. So, verse 5. Now it was told to, it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, why have we done this? <laughs> now, when people have a greedy heart, when people have a hardened heart, the Egyptians had totally forgotten about the ten plagues. The Egyptians had totally forgotten about the death of the firstborn 
child and, and of their flocks. And so what they, they look at is, the peop- who's going to do our work for us? Who's going to build our, our city? Who's going who's to do all this that we, we, you know, we don't have to do anything? You know, these slaves do it for us. And so they ask themselves, why have we done this? We've let Israel go from serving us. So they saw this as a loss economically and that they themselves were going to have to perform the, the duties of a slave. Huh. So they got in their mind, hey, we need to go get these people. So he made his, char- his chariots and took his people with him. Um, he made ready his chariots. And also he took 600 choice chariots. Well, he has 600 elite soldiers, 600 elite chariots. Then he has other chariots, and then he has a, a, a marching army. But we, we notice here that he brings all of these chariots to bear, and chariots were the tanks of those days, and they had their horses and chariots, and they're going out to capture Israel in this place where they can't escape. So they took 600 chariots, choice chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. So when they left Egypt, the the children of Israel left with boldness. We're going to the promised land. We're going. We're out of this place. We, we, we are set free. We're, we're no longer under captive. So they walk out with boldness. <laughs> and then, uh, so the Egyptians pursued them with all the horses and chariots and Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them by the sea beside Phi... Um, I should put... I, I, I can never pronounce these words, so I should just let... I, I listen to them on the Bible readings, you know. I say, oh, I'm going to know how to pronounce that one. I don't. So anyhow... Uh, they arrive at this city. Then verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So in verse 8, the children of Israel went out with boldness. And in verse 10, so they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. What happened? <laughs> they got what they wanted, and they found out the enemy was coming after them. Sometimes we get what we want, and the enemy is behind us. Things, don't, things are not what they appear to be. How are we going to deal with this? Well, the people, first thing they did was they grumble and complain, which is natural. But, you know, when you think about this, you have people who have been a slaves for 400 years. As slaves, somebody was always in charge, told them what to do, how to do it, what they needed to do, and gave them food. They raised everything, took care of everything, and, you know, their life was overseen. And sometimes we get used to the mundane, the everyday, like we're in charge, and all we are is slaves to the things that we think we're in charge of. But whenever we are liberated from that, we have to recognize that in our being liberated, we have also choices to fill that with some type of leadership. And we find here that the children of Israel... (laughs) These, these people, they hadn't got to that place. 
And we find throughout the, the, the early history here that when they had to make a decision, the Israel, they generally made wrong ones because they were, they were a people that wanted the security of slavery but the freedom of being out of bondage, and the two don't work. Freedom from sin, but we still have its bondage, and we, we, you, know, you can't have the bondage of sin and the freedom in Christ. You can't have both. That there is a separation. And, the, and, and here with Israel, they want the goodness of slavery, but they don't want being beaten, told what to do, and, and treated like slaves. Can't have both. When fa- and, oh, one of the other thing is, we, see, we have that where the pillar of fire and the cloud by day led them to this place. So they are in this place, this mountains on one side of them, sea on the other, and Pharaoh coming at them. God led them to this place. Why? Why would God bring them from the freedom of Egypt, bring them to this place where they is a natural, it's a natural place for an ambush and there's no escape, especially when you can't fight. So God brought them here. And they said to Moses, the great man of faith, now this is the guy that, you know, the plagues, God used him to bring the plagues to set them free. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? We would have rather died in Egypt than to die out here. (laughs) Rather be a slave and die as a slave than to be free and die out here in the wilderness. Not able to recognize who we are and perhaps why we are in the positions that we are in. You see, Israel was a very special people. They were the people that God had promised to demonstrate himself to the world through. Reveal himself to the world through the people of of Abraham. Promised that through Abraham's descendants, all the world would be blessed. Here we are as God's children. God has promised to bless us and to bless those around us. So what's going on? God's got us here in this captivity. What do we do? Well, what's natural? Grumble and complain. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? And we're better off here in Egypt than for you to lead us out into this wilderness. Let us alone that we say we, we, we let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that that we should die in the wilderness. Conflict causes us to forget the enslavement. They forgot who they, whose they were, and they forgot where God wanted them to go, and that they were a special people. And Moses, verse 13, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, ye shall see again no more forever. Moses is predicting 
that all of the Egyptian army is going to be destroyed. Okay? We have the promise of God. That God has promised that I will never leave you nor forsake you. God has promised that all things can work together for good to those who love God, to those who follow him according to his purpose. And God has like, put that promise right smack in the, in the middle of our difficulties. He's put us in the difficulty, and he's put this promise in our difficulty, just as he put this in the heart of, the, of Moses and for the people. And it says, um, Moses' exhor- exhortation turned the attention away from him to God. Turn the attention away from him to God. When we, fo- when we lose focus of God, we've lost focus of our destiny and of our calling. God has a place for us. He has a special calling on each of our lives. And whenever we get lost from our calling and lost from our focus with God, things don't go well. But Moses is telling the people, you know, they're blaming him, and, God, they're, and Moses is replying, look to God. Look to the Lord, because the Lord is the one who is going to uh, fight for you. (laughs) They should have jumped at that. They can't fight. They're slaves. They've never never picked up a sword. They've only been beaten. They They don't know what freedom is. They don't know what fighting is. They're just rabbits caught in a trap waiting for somebody to come and take their life. Verse 15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? (laughs) Why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Why are you crying to me, Moses? And implying the people of Israel. Why are you crying? Didn't I call you to go forward? Which way is the cloud going? (laughs) Which way is the fire going? God calls us to go forward. You can't go back to Egypt, and you can't go back through through the armies of the Egyptians. You've got to go forward. But what's in front of us? The Red Sea. Red Sea. You can't cross the Red Sea. All these people can't walk on water. You know, they never heard of that. We never did either until Jesus did it, you know. And so... So the Lord said to me, why? Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Then he tells him, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Now I want you to do something, Moses, that is utterly ridiculous. That rod that you have, I want you to stretch it out and watch the sea divide. There was nothing magical in the rod. It was just an instrument. And so you've got to take what's in your hand and stretch it out in faith that God is going to do what he has promised to do in your life. And here we have Moses with the promise that God is going to lead them into the promised land and that Pharaoh and the armies behind him and God is saying, don't worry about them. You're never going to see them again. And you go forward. See, we have to determine which way is forward. What, what way is forward in our faith? 
Which way is forward for what's going on in our life and how that God is going to do a work in us? So take your rod, stretch it out your hand to the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, uh, I just wonder what Moses is thinking. Am I nuts? <laughs> Stretch out my rod over the, the sea and, there, and all these people are going to go through on dry ground? Uh, God, is that really you? <laughs> but you see, faith is something that speaks to us about the impossible. And we have to be willing to believe that God is capable of doing the impossible. But we also have to understand that the, the truths of God's word and how that that word fits into our life. And how that God can change us, can change us. You know, Moses spent 40 years in the, in the palace. He was being trained to be Pharaoh. Then he spent 40 years on the backside of a desert chasing sheep. He was learning to be humble. And God called him at the age of 80 to deliver a nation from the most powerful nation in the world. He says, you're going to go and Pharaoh is going to let my people go. <laughs> now he is in an impossible situation. And I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and all his armies, his chariots and his horsemen. That the, the, the nation of Egypt they were so caught up in reclaiming what they had lost with the Israelites, they were so hardened about the death of their firstborn and how that they were now going to have to do the work that all of these slaves did, and they were so convinced that they needed to bring them back and, you know, weed out all those bad influences that brought them out here in the first place, and they're going to go and take them captive. Yes, we're going we're to go and take them. <laughs> yes. But God says, then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. They will know that I am the Lord. Those who have been fighting and chasing and going after God they're going to know that I'm the Lord. All those ten plagues and all those things that happened in, in, in Egypt, they're going to know I'm God. And when I have gained honor for myself and over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Moses, don't worry about a thing. <laughs> all you got to do is put your rod out there and believe. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud that brought them to that place that went before them now stood behind them. So the cloud that was leading them to this place now stood between them, between Israel and Pharaoh's army. What, and what did the cloud bring to Pharaoh's army? It was the cloud and darkness to one. The cloud brought darkness to the Egyptians, but the fire brought light to the children of Israel. Pharaoh and his armies didn't know what to do. They were in darkness. They were in, encamped in this darkness, and they couldn't do a thing. But the children of Israel were walking in the light. 
And in our lives, do we not follow Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world? We follow the light of God that is in our hearts and lives, and he guides us in the path of righteousness for his namesake, that which is right in God's sight. He guides us in that path. And it gave light by night to the other. One it gave darkness, one it gave light. The, 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 the pillar of fire. So that one did not come near the other all that night. Verse 21, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into a dry land, and the waters were divided. Sounds like a movie. <laughs> waters go back. Uh, you know, then they walk through. The, it's like, you see, I, I can just picture the movies, you know, this, that, okay, go forward, and the movie, the music starts. Boom, 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 boom. There wasn't any music. But, um, and so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. So the, the waters just stood up on both sides. The children of Israel went through on dry ground. You see, this is the challenge. God brought them to a place where they would have to believe or die. The enemy was going to kill them, but God was going to keep them. Hmm. You see, where we feel trapped, that's where <laughs> we need to recognize perhaps God has brought us here, brought us to this place so that we would know the hand of God. Because the army of Israel is going to kill them. Excuse me, the army of Egypt is going to kill them. But God has a purpose for their lives. Gives the leader the message. Stretch forth your rod. Seas open. Children of Israel walk through on dry ground. And the Egyptians talk about stupid. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to use that word. Uh, foolish. <laughs> talk about hard-hearted. They were so engrossed upon getting these people of Israel back, they went into the ocean, they went into the sea, and they're going to chase them down. You just wonder what they were thinking, you know? And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, and all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. So, you know, some people look at this, well, there was just a little peninsula near the sea and they went through on dry ground. Well, then God drowned the whole army of Pharaoh in 100 yards, <laughs> okay? Uh, it really wasn't a miracle like that. Well, it was a miracle big enough that the children of Israel could go through and the entire army, uh, the, you know, 600 chariots plus all the other chariots of Pharaoh and uh, other soldiers can get into this place, and all of them can be in within the walls of this sea. <laughs> came to pass and watch, came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. He took off their chariot wheels. <laughs> The things that they were depending on to march them forward, God just took off the wheels. <laughs> so that they drove them with difficulty 
And the Egyptians said, what have we done? <laughs> they said, let us flee from the face of Israel. But it was too late. They were down in the midst of the, of the Red Sea. And the entire army was here in the midst of the Red Sea, chasing after people they, they should have let go of. They had come to kill the Israelites, but God was fighting for them. And we find that the army is there, the seas come in, and the entire uh, chariot army of, of Pharaoh is destroyed. Now we say, okay, why did, why did it have to happen? Well, we, we saw that after just a few days of the children of Israel leaving Egypt, Pharaoh wanted them back. If they had not, if God had not destroyed their army there, they would have been chasing the Egypt, they would have been chasing Israel all through the desert trying to, trying to bring them back. But God brought an end to the strength of the Egyptian army. And, and I'm, I've, I've listened to some of the um, Egyptian history and things. The Pharaoh that could have been in place at the time, and I'm not mm, saying it's exactly sure, but the Pharaoh that probably was in charge at the time of Moses and them leaving Israel, that Pharaoh decided that he would focus on rebuilding Egypt and not on expanding his, his, his armies and expanding his control. Isn't it funny? He lost all of his army. He better focus on something else. He had to expand the borders because the children of Israel were no longer there to, to care for them and to build their, build their kingdoms and, build their, and to take care of them. So in our life, we are called upon to look at life as perhaps this is a purpose. Perhaps this is a divine purpose for God to bring us to a point where we need to see God working in our life. That the armies are going to destroy us, but God has, has a way of delivering us. And we have a decision to make. Is God really going to work in my life? I need to give him a chance. Let God work in our hearts and minds as we change our hearts to serve him and to follow him. Because God has a plan for every event in our life. Amen? Father, we thank you for hearing us. And Lord, we bring our hearts to you. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our failures. Forgive us of being our humanness and seeing things in our own way. And Lord, let us see things from a divine perspective as you see it. Let us believe and trust and have a, and let you help us in our path that you may deliver us from our enemies. For God, you have a purpose. And every, every event, every event that is in our hearts and lives, God, we look for your promise. And that God, if it takes the opening of the Red Sea, you will do it. Lord, whatever is necessary, if it's feeding the 5,000 with what little bit we possess, God, you will do it. God, whatever the thing is in our lives that we face, we want to know that we're not trapped. We are here by divine design. And we ask you to guide us. Open our hearts. Forgive us, O oh God. Let us start anew in our walk with you. We pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless you.